0: and welcome to Breaking the Curtain with me, Chrissy and me, Joss. Don't forget to silence all phones or don't. It's a podcast. And most importantly, enjoy the show. Hi, friends. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Breaking the Curtain. Today, we're joined by Mike Wartella and Christy Altamar to chat all about the hit new musical The Wanderer, currently playing at Paper Mill Playhouse through April 28th, 2022. Head over to TheWandererMusical.com for ticket info. We are so excited to share today's episode with all of you.
1: Of course, Christy Altamar has joined us before and is such a wonderful friend to the podcast and brilliant human. And we are so excited to have Mike Wortella here for his first time on the podcast. Uh, We had so much fun chatting with both of them about The Wanderer. Uh, So we hope you enjoy the interview. And Mm -hmm. if you stick around through the whole thing, you may just witness a special cameo from one of your favorite kids on the
0: block. <laughs> that was so smooth. <laughs> Christy and Mike, thank you so much for joining us today. So let's wander right in with our first question. Can you tell us a little bit about who you play in the show? Sure. Who do you want to go first? You or me?
2: You go. Okay, I'll go. Know.
3: Okay. Um Well, the show is called The Wanderer, and the show is all about the life of the great legendary Dion DiMucci, and I play the character Susan Butterfield, that soon you will come to find out when you see the show becomes Susan DiMucci. She falls in love with Dion, and um, she is the inspiration for his iconic song runaround sue but also um one of the great loves the great if not the great the love of his life and uh it's really cool because she's such a strong woman i was lucky enough to get to meet the real susan and um she's just such a lovely unbelievably wonderful person um and the way that she's portrayed in this show with any fame there's going to be people that like you just because you're famous and it's uh it's very clear in this show that i think when dion meets susan for the first time that she doesn't she doesn't play that game she just she she falls in love with him for him and she loves him for him and she's not in it for the fame and all of that so yeah
2: i like it i like it my turn um Yes. So I play Dion. I play Dion DeMucci, who, uh, you know, sort of is the wanderer, although he's not the wanderer from the song. People always think that he wrote the song about himself. He did not. He wrote it about a guy in the neighborhood that he thought was kind of bizarre and strange. And this guy sort of famously had a lot of girlfriends and he would get them tattooed all over his body and he would and then he would cross them out when he would break up with them. So he had Flo on his left arm and Mary on his right and Rosie on his chest and all that, all that stuff. That's just a fun side note. It has nothing to do with the show. Um, Yeah. So I play Dion, and and he's, you know, a really, really interesting person. Like, it's sometimes it boggles my mind how one person can have experienced so much stuff in a lifetime. And we've packed most of it into the show. And, um, you know, he came from the Bronx, came from sort of a rough area. His parents were a little wacky and set him off on a strange path. And then he was already at a young age. Um, both succeeding in his career and already struggling with addiction with drugs. Mm. And by the time I think he was 15 or 16, he was pretty famous. And he was also doing a lot of drugs while he was in the middle of his career. And that only got worsened by the fact that he sort of famously was a part of this um, horrific plane crash that involved Buddy Holly and the Big Bopper and Richie Valens when they were all on tour together. Dion was supposed to be on that plane and gave up his seat um, to give to Richie. And that really messed him up the way it would probably anyone having survivor guilt like that. So his addiction kind of spiraled out of control. And along the way, he met a lot of people in his life. One of them was Susan and thank God for her because he still talks about it to this day. Like she's his rock and she always was. And yeah, I think Christy, what you said was really interesting and true is that, uh, you know, he encountered a lot of people in his life that dealt with him the way people usually deal with famous people. And Susan never did that. She was just a real person, salt of the earth, grounded, strong. He could talk to her. He always felt like he could open up to her in a way that no one else he could do that with. And um, and they formed, you know, truly it's wild, you guys. I mean, they're, you know, Dion's in his eighties and they're still together. They've been together since they were 14 and 16. And it's really crazy. I mean, I I don't know many other couples on the planet that have done that. So it's pretty wild. And then through, Dion's um, dealings with addiction luckily as true to real life as well to the end of our show he finds redemption and he gets clean and sober and he's also been sober for 50 plus years in real life and that's the redemption story so it's a story about a lot of deep things and I don't think people are totally expecting that when they come see a jukebox musical but we get to give it to them
0: nice that yeah.
2: yeah. that was
3: great Mike is this yeah, the first time you've talked me. about the show
2: is this the first time we've done an interview together Probably, this is the first right? time
3: we've ever done an interview together oh! Yay!
2: Oh, that's fun. <laughs> so we're going to comment throughout the interview about how much we're proud of each other's answers <laughs> so
0: cute
2: Thanks. so you. cute
0: well we're thrilled to have you both with us and yeah. mike not only are you portraying a legendary singer songwriter but you're also portraying one who is still living and has been around for every step of this show so we'd love to know what was yeah. it like for you both to meet dion for the very first time
2: yeah, I'd actually be curious to hear your story with that, Christy. Um, but I can tell you with mine, at least, that they hired me for this reading years ago. I was doing Charlie and the Chocolate Factory at the time, so I was lucky enough to get an offer for this, and it was just a one-week reading at the time. So they hired me for that, and after they hired me, they said, you know, Dion wants to meet you. I said, of course, that makes total sense. So we, it was me, him. And the writer, who was also the director at the time, the three of us got together at a steakhouse down in the financial district, right by Dion's apartment. And we had this kind of beautiful, awkward, you know, first date sitting there at a restaurant. And he was very quiet and very sweet. And we ended up connecting pretty quickly on a lot of spiritual levels. Um, And then he said, why don't you come back to the apartment? I want to show you some things. And so we went back to the apartment and he took out his guitar and started playing stuff. And he goes, you know, so here's the key to this song. Here's the key to that song. And then he's playing run around Sue. And he's like, it's all about being in the pocket. and I said, "Well, let me let me try what you're talking about." And he's like, "Okay, great, I'll sing the backups." So I'm singing in his apartment, running around Sue and he's going, "Hip, hip, bum, and I'm just like already in my life. I was like, this is a dream come true. I used to listen to those songs when I was <laughs> two and three years old, you know. And I just was like, well, here's the guy who wrote them, singing backup and playing guitar for me, and I, you know. And I'm very lucky in that um, he's always been very. Very supportive of what I'm doing and really like a big fan of it. And he of course gives me notes and fixes things and says this song needs to be more like this. And no, don't sing those high notes. That's Broadway. We don't need that in rock and roll and you know, this and that. But he's been really supportive of, of what I'm creating with him. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So
3: cool. I didn't know that you did that, that he kind you guys all went out to dinner and that's really cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, Charles. I came, I came in a little bit later in the process. And I remember um, Kenneth kind of told me how I, how I was even like in the works for this, because he just, I just got a random offer while I was doing Anastasia. And he said that he was like walking down the street one day and he saw like the Anastasia ad and he was like, Oh, like someone like that would be really good for the show. Like too bad. She doesn't really do like the folky, like she doesn't have that like rocker kind of (laughs) sound. And I, I don't know who said it, but somebody reminded him like, no, you don't understand more. So Christy does have that kind of vibe. Exactly. That, yeah. So then he said he did some research and he looked online. And he was like, Oh, she did spring awakening. She's a singer songwriter. She plays guitar. Like the, she did carry the musical. Like there's mama Mia is even very much like a pop rock. Yeah. So, uh, so then he was like, Oh, well yeah, let's, let's give her a try. And, um, I think with any situation where you're just offering someone something, you know, you hope that you're right, but because you didn't audition and vice versa, mm-hmm. I hope that I'm what they're looking for and that you don't really know. There's actually, I feel more of a chance for failure, right? Because someone's just trusting you, not really knowing. And especially when it's someone I, a whole team I'd never worked with before. So I walked in, we had read the scripts, <laughs> me and my family. We all, cause I remember at the time I was doing Anastasia and I was like, I'm, I can't decide. Like, I think I want to do this, but I'm really tired and I'm doing eight shows a week. So they read the script first and they were like, this script is great. I'm crying. It's amazing. Now you have to read it. So I read the script and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to play this. And so when I went in, I think, I think I don't know what I think I had gone in a little later in the process, like, like maybe a couple of days in and you guys were already working on the first number in the show. And I yep. just remember sitting there watching King of the New York streets, like looking at Kenneth going, this is great. And he just gave me this look like, really? Like, cause he didn't know. He was like, you you think nice. And I, I was like, this is awesome. And then, um, and then I was brought into a separate room with, with you, Mike. And we, had this instantaneous chemistry and connection. And I had just met you for the first time, even though we're similar in age and we had known all the same people. And it was like surreal that we were meeting like at this moment, doing this show together. And there was this just insane chemistry already in the room, like just there. And then Dion comes in and he's hilarious and fun. And he can tell, he sees that there's something going on in the room. And I feel like a couple days later, he was playing this like, like small guitar like not you know not full size like I guess what do you call that like a travel guitar right right. he had Um,
2: like yeah it was like a little it was a big ukulele was basically what he was playing yeah but
3: it was a guitar
2: um um, and
3: and the next thing I know, Jill's coming up to me. She's like, Dion wants to give you this. And I, and I remember the first few times he had mentioned wanting to give it to me. I was like, I was like, no, it's, it's okay. You don't have to give me your guitar. And then he was like, no, they're like, no, 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 you don't understand. He wants to give you this. And he signed it and he gave it to me. And I still have it. I've written songs on it that are on, on my album. And I will never forget that act of like, just love and trust. And from that moment on, yes, like Mike said, we've got notes and things like that. Like he's been an active participant in making this story as honest and truthful as it can be from his voice and his heart. Um, But we have had nothing but support and love from him from day one. And it's just been so amazing Mm -hmm. to have that kind of trust from the person whose life story that we're telling.
0: Wow, oh wow, oh my gosh, that guitar story. I know, it's so cool. So up my awesome! Arms. That's He's so great. Actively, I love that. You know,
1: involved with the musical process. I think you know, with a lot of jukebox mm. musicals and biopics, you don't mm-hmm. get to have that. I think that's so great.
3: No,
2: yeah, it's pretty cool.
3: It's surreal, and it's feel. It's like when we see him now. I mean, I don't know if you feel this way too, Mike. I feel like we're just seeing someone who was working on the show, even though it is his life. And sometimes you have to be like. Oh wait, this is his life. But he was very active in like being there with us in rehearsals and like putting in like his two cents, like in like a positive way. Like we're in rehearsals, we'll be like, great job. I like what you did there, Christy. Or I like what you did there, Mike. You know, it's just so cool having his energy
2: there. Yeah, I do feel that way. I mean, it's like, that happened for me pretty quickly actually in the process, but he texts me and calls me and does all these things. Like we're so close at this point that I really forget that he's a big, huge legend, that it's about (laughs) him. That I'm playing it. Like, there have been times where I'm like, he's giving me a note. And I'm like, well, I think the character should be. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is him. He's telling me I want it this way. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. You know, <laughs> it's, it's a weird yeah. experience. Yeah. But he's great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the show itself is quite heavy. And, Mike, you touched on this briefly. But without giving too much away about Dion's story, I personally didn't know he was supposed to be on the plane that... Tragically resulted in the deaths of Buddy Holly and Richie Valens in the Big Bopper. Uh, And there's a lot about Dion's addiction beginning when he was in his teens. So I would like to know, how do you both prepare mentally to go on this journey with your characters each night?
2: Um, Yeah, I mean, it's changed Mm -hmm. a little bit for me as the run has progressed. Mm -hmm. And I I didn't necessarily think it would change this quickly, but I'm kind of glad it has, to be honest. Uh, when I first started doing it because I knew it was so heavy. Well, first of all, luckily, a lot of my life is mirrored in what Dion went through. A lot of my own struggles and experience, um, you know, not necessarily a plane crash, obviously, but I have a lot of people that I've lost in my life through addiction. Like they haven't survived their drug addiction at a young age and that are people very close to me. So I have that experience. I have my own experience with addiction. Uh, and redemption and coming out of it and so there's a lot of similarities that are pretty easy to tap into easy in that sense hard in the sense that they're really vulnerable and really exposing and and hard to do so for a long time when I was doing runs and rehearsal or when we do the workshop I would kind of prep in that classic like actor way I would I would go off into the corner and like take some time or I would just really like, I would, I would get myself into a place, you know? And then as the run went on, I realized that it just starts to become muscle memory and you kind of get it in your bones without having to try for it. So I get to really now just listen and be in the moment and also forgive myself that emotionally I'm going to be a little bit different every show. Like I might cry my eyes out in one scene and then the next night I don't cry at all. And that's the kind of stuff you just got to let go of and not worry about and and not think that that's, you know, hinging, a great performance or something so i let a lot of that go but um there's still one section of the show i think christine i just talked about this recently actually i'd be curious to hear what you do but there's one sort of intense scene that her and i both have that really launches us into the emotional journey of the show and for me it comes sandwiched between like two emotional scenes and then there's this scene where I'm off stage, just chilling for a couple minutes. And so I literally do come off stage and I stay in it and I pace and I, you know, say things. I have like a little corner of the theater that I'm sure some dressers and crew members have now looked at me and been like, what the heck is he doing? Man, It looks crazy, but it's just what helps me prep and sort of stay in the moment back there. I do that for that scene, but pretty much the rest of the show, I'm making jokes in the wings up until the point where I walk on stage, you know, bye.
3: We've never really talked about that little moment of prep in general, but I think it's so important. Not many people do talk about that. I think it is fascinating for- Not many people
2: do it in my experience, (laughs) to be honest. You know? You know what? I
3: I also think, I should say this, I've worked with a lot of actors and there's no right or wrong here. All actors have their own process and their own way of like processing how to be an actor and letting those lines flow out and- there's no right way or wrong way to do it, but I feel like Mike and I are very similar in the way that we attack performing a bit. Do you know, do you kind of feel
2: that mm-hmm. way? Oh yeah, for sure. And
3: so, um, so, yeah, I'm one of those, like I need that moment of prep so badly. And, um, I remember when I was doing Carrie, I may have told you guys, like, I was off in a corner, like just literally like <laughs> and everyone would walk by, ha ha, Christy's got to cry in the next scene. And we don't like but right at the top of the show. Like everyone just got to be moody and intense. And I had to be like bawling my eyes out. And, um, and it's funny. Cause in this show, I do a fair bit of crying. And I remember we we're backstage the other day and Steven surf, who's, you know, in our show, he plays the big bopper. He like came up to me. He's like, so like, you're just going to cry like this every show. How can you do that? And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) And, and, and it's funny though, because I do cry so often that when I don't cry, it's the same thing that you said, Mike, where you're just like, I have to accept the tears are just not coming. And that is okay. You know, the emotion is there. Just allow it to be. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, those moments of prep are so important to just I'm drawing from every experience. Like I'm thinking about my own personal life experience. I'm thinking about, you know, the story of Dion and what's going on in Susan's mind in this moment. I'm thinking about, you know, what happened last week? If, you know, if there was like something that was similar that would pertain to this. So yeah, it's so important. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: I don't know. That doesn't really Mm -hmm. answer your question, but we were kind of just talking about it. So I sort of went on a tangent. It it.
0: totally does. No, it works. It works.
1: You know, and when it comes to preparing and, you know, building a show and how you approach characters as an actor, is there a difference for the two of you approaching characters who are real people and are based on real people as opposed to someone who, you know, is fictional? Yeah. What
3: do you think
2: about that? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. For me, I think it's, you know, um, first of all, I feel like as an actor, you have to do them justice in some way. Like it, you cannot ignore the original source material as it were, and you have, to, you have to pay homage to the person who truly exists, especially the more sort of eccentric they are for lack of a better word. You know, if they, if they talk differently, if they behave differently, if they have something about them, that's really very real. You see that with actors all the time. It, it, it sort of becomes a, a little bit of a game of imitation in my mind, but imitation in the way that's like getting the likeness of them, getting the energy of them and the vibe of them more so than just like doing an impression of them. Do you know what I mean? Um, And
3: and that can be a fine
2: line. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. And it was even with this at times, and you know, they told me from day one, they said, we don't want an impression of this guy. We just want you to find a likeness, which which really was helpful. It gave me a lot of freedom in it. Um, You know, I'm the kind of actor who I, I view myself internally, whether people think this or not, as just a character actor. So I think I'm always playing a character. Like, And for me, the more outlandish, the better. If there's an accent, a body posture, a whatever, I'm like, let's do that. And so what's hard for me is when it's original material, like if it's like something like Chuck Everlasting, mm. the character didn't even exist in the book. It was like, we totally made it up. And I literally had to base the whole thing off a one paragraph long statement in the audition that was like, he's like this. And then I have to create this whole thing and, and work on it. And it's a lot of work in my mind to create a real person based on your own imagination. But when Dion walks in the room and he's like, yo, hey, you guys are like raw, man. You're like right there. You know, and I just go, okay, got it. That's what I'm going to do. You know, it just makes it a lot easier to sort of take that on stage. And yeah. so far for me, the only challenge has been, like I said earlier, separating my emotional journey that I want to have as Mike and then Dion's actual story. Like we've had discrepancies there in times so where I've had to realize like, this is his story, not mine, you know? Mm-hmm. What about you? Man.
3: I mean, I would say in the case of like other shows that I've done when you're doing some, something that's already existed. Yes, it does any, anything that can give you, anything that can, anything that can help you answer the questions as an actor so that you're like, okay, so this character is like this. This person is like this. I can lean more in this direction, lean more in that direction. It's gonna be easier. I mean, yes, there are gonna be those moments where you're like, oh, can I transform? Can I handle that? Can I find that nuance where I'm still me, but I'm still paying homage to the character? Yes, but I do think, you're right, Mike, it is a lot easier when you have a real person to go by. Um, That being said, I'm playing a role right now and it's funny how even though I am playing, uh, or sorry, I'm playing Susan right now, but I'm also working on another show. And it's interesting because as I'm working on this other show, it's it's a situation where it's a complete fictional character. The character is mm-hmm. complete fiction, but I'm finding myself basing it off of a couple different types of people. So it's like the only way you can do it. You're like, okay, so I'm going to do the show and it's going to be a fictitious character that I'm also going to be this singer and I'm going to be this like damsel from this movie, you know? And so you still are kind of pulling so that you can go to the director and be like, okay, I'm kind of thinking of this person and this person, are we on the same page here? You know,
2: that's a hundred percent what I was saying though. Like that's how I feel too, where even my fictitious characters. Oh, I've you had, said that, Yeah. Yeah. But that's, in, but that's what I meant was like, I personally, I don't know how other people work, but like, Mike TV was like Ty Pennington and like a little of this person, you know what I mean? Like all the, like when I did Hugo, I was like um, Billy Bob Thornton's character in Sling Blade. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like I just kept taking, or I remember I did a, a, a version of a show where I basically played the Riddler from the 1960s Batman, and I just uh, made that my character. Like I've done things like that where I've injected, cause that's how I'm influenced by outside source material.
3: Yeah, you know? it just makes it so much easier. Oh,
2: yeah, that. for sure. And
3: it's still you at the end of yeah, the day. because it's
2: an interpretation of that thing. You Like you said, you kind of add a little bit of everybody into the recipe. You know?
3: Yeah, I, I talked to an actress once that was playing a lead on Broadway, and she was like, I was just doing this other person, and nobody got it. Like, they were like, no, <laughs> you were amazing. And she was like, I was brilliant. literally doing this other person. <laughs> like, nobody saw okay. that at all. <laughs>
0: Okay, so we are down to our final question. Oh boy. Um, do either of you have a favorite moment in the show? Mike?
2: Well, <laughs> maybe I'm just saying it because we're both on the interview together. I don't know. But
3: no, I tell her stop often, and think you have a million moments.
2: I thought about it, but I tell her often it is really, really wonderful to do the first scene with Christy because. First of all, it's a little bit of a slower paced scene in the in the speed of our show. Second of all, like she said earlier, her and I get along so well. we have such good chemistry and like we work well together. And there's something incredibly relaxing and centering about meeting her on stage every night. and I've told her before when I've been nervous or in my head or whatever, we do our first scene, and it's just like, boom, I drop in. I'm like, "Ah oh, there you are. There I am. like this is great. And then it stops feeling like a play, and we just kind of get to play for a little while and hang out and relax for ten minutes. but it's yeah, like I, really I like like have the
3: part. best job in the world for that. I would say that's my favorite thing too. And even from day one, like that was the first scene we got to work on together in the workshop six years ago. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't really changed. And no, they were like, ridiculous. if it ain't broke, don't fix it, is what they said. Yeah.
0: <laughs> They're like, it's there. Yeah.
3: So yeah, I'd say the same. Nice.
0: Very nice. So this is the music that personally sets my soul on fire. And Dion is just, he's one of the absolute best and one of my favorites. And I just love this era of music. His song catalog is, I mean, top-notch, mm. insane. Um, so great. So, do either of you have a favorite Dion song?
2: Mine's changed over time. I mean, you know, I get to sing so many of them in the show, which is such yeah. a gift that I go back and forth with, you know, for years in the beginning it was Run Around Sue. Then for a little while it became The Wanderer. But right now it's it's Abraham Martin and John at the very end of the show, because it's just so folky and poignant and beautiful. And it's not necessarily hard to sing vocally, but it is hard to sing in an emotional sense. And, and I get to end the show, just me playing guitar alone for a little while, singing this thing. And it, it really has, it actually was the thing I was the most nervous for, for a long time, because it's so exposing and revealing and I'm not an amazing guitar player. So it's a hard, guitar part. No, you
3: are. And our scene is very
2: sweet our scene before it is christy telling me it's okay calm down you're gonna be just fine and i always am like okay okay yeah i hope so and uh oh you but, told me yeah. that i never told you that. do oh, i yeah. calm you
3: down during that scene
2: yeah I, I you got, do I I <laughs> yeah come over come over here hold on i have a, a special <laughs> no, guest can. i hope that's okay sure. wait let me take this thing. here no, can you guys hear me don't interrupt yeah. Tony oh, Tony yeah. look at oh this. Gosh. What a cast. I don't know. Is this the microphone? We're talking about,
0: maybe
3: you can answer this question for me. We're talking about what is your favorite song from the show? Did you
2: hear it? She says, what's your favorite song from the show? Christine. Oh, man. That's a I know. Point. Put me right on the spot. It's the one I know. Thing. How about <laughs> maybe, the song you the wrote with I, No, that's in a class by itself. But, um, <laughs> um <laughs> i don't know i'm trying to think of what what pops into my head a lot of the time i mean ruby baby's pretty awesome mm. yeah. yeah 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 i think Anyways, mine is surrender four alone thanks buddy oh love man you. check one too. <laughs> <low. laughs> love you i don't know i thought that'd be fun
0: okay like teenage dream just came true thank you
2: <laughs> <That's okay. laughs>
0: was fun you know he
2: was walking by and waving at me I was like no come here you gotta come here
0: (laughs) Candy a moment (laughs) yeah Yeah. so just to wrap up how would you describe this show to someone who is considering coming to see it man it's
3: it's not ever going to be what you expect Mm. it's these iconic songs that make you so happy and this story that is so deep and so human you know, it will make you feel, I mean, and that's what great art is anyway, right? Great art is explaining the human condition so that your audiences can realize that they're not alone and that they've, you know, whether you've been through the same scenario or a similar scenario, or your friend has been through that similar scenario it's tapping into the core of what it's about to be human that is really what makes good art universal and that's what I think this show does for everyone
2: what she said
0: always that was a perfect answer you always say things so well and I'm always like you say things and then think about it for the rest of the day and I'm like yes Thank you, Christy.. Oh, <laughs> thank you both so much. I still can't believe you, you this is your first time that you've worked together on a show. Yeah. I've seen you both yeah. in like everything you've everything <laughs> <That's> so, <laughs> so fun. This is really cool. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Of course, I'm thank so you for excited having about this. You this too. musical
1: I, like, yeah. obviously, we're a little bit far away, but you know, I want to see it. so hopefully. we're so, hoping to
2: be on Broadway soon, so yeah, yes. hopefully you can come see it we're hoping
3: to go to new york soon so like maybe
0: there you go it's gonna line
2: up
1: just line it
3: up (laughs) i'll give you a big hug at the stage door because at that point yeah we will have stage
0: doors right
2: Yeah,
0: (laughs) so exciting have a great rest of your day and thank you so much again yeah
2: yeah Yeah. thanks for having us on have
0: a great happy safe run of your show Thank you. We love goes. you. Love
1: you. Take care. <laughs> love
2: you, Christy. Bye, you guys. Bye, guys. Thank, Thank you. Guys. Bye. 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 Bye.